Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. When we talk about the church or this gathering or any gathering unto God, it's really a gathering of priests unto God. And I'm going to, that's my message today. Don't get too uh, religious on that because the moment we talk about priests, we have some different opinions, right? Or the way we look at priests, we think, oh, they've got to have some kind of garment on. But uh, that's really what Jesus came. My message today is the activation of the priesthood of all believers. Amen. So every one of you sitting here have this privilege of this priest unto God. And you have also a responsibility. And Jesus precisely did that. You see, the way maker, he made the way. God became man to really take, not just take our sin. Yes, he took our sin. But he came to bring a new life into us and open the way for us that every person through this supreme sacrifice of his death and his resurrection, irrespective of any kind of belief system we come from, God so loved the whole world, the Bible says, that he gave his son. That whoever believes on him. I don't care what background we come from. Will not perish but have eternal life. And that eternal life is not just thinking about something beyond this life. After we die, yes, after we die it's going to be great by the way. Don't commit suicide but it's going to be a great life. Uh, we feel like that sometimes, right? But God has a great life ahead. Eternity is... Just a continual unfolding of adventure and love and power and life and the, the beauty and the magnificence of God himself, which is far beyond the way we think. We're not getting into that right now. But as a people, God's opened the way for us now in this new covenant, which Christ came to establish where every man and woman, every woman and child, every husband and wife can become that person, not only as a son, but have the privilege as a priest to minister to God and to minister to people. That's really what the priesthood was all about in the Old Testament, which was really symbolic of what was to come. The priest was called to draw near to God and the priest was called to represent God to man and to represent man to God. And when you see the new covenant, this is really what Jesus came to bring with every one of us. And there are two primary scriptures I want to uh, focus on and then just continue to move on this. But it's from 1 Peter. 1 Peter. So when we look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and... Uh, Verse 5, I'm just going to take verse 5, verse 9. The whole book of Peter is amazing. But it says here, 
you as living stones are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus, through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 9 it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Amen. Our life is a life, not of darkness, but of light. Amen. Now, there's a battle about that. But remembering that we are his sons in Galatians 4, 6, it talks about sonship. Through the cross, uh, God brings us back into this oneness of life with him. And we are not just strangers, we are not beggars, but we become sons and daughters of the living God. And there are four things I want to talk about as we remember we are sons, but we come into this aspect of now being priests unto God. And there are four areas that I like to just highlight in what we need to activate in this priesthood. That's very simple, very basic. But the first thing, and probably as we look at the four, we see that we're talking here about prayer, worship, and the word. We're talking about blessing in Jesus' name. We're talking about serving in his name, doing all for God's glory, and sharing life together and finding purpose as you help others to find their purpose in this life. Now, when we talk about this whole aspect of the priesthood and the first thing, I put their prayer, worship, and the word. And there are three areas there when we talk about prayer and worship. There's a personal intimacy with him that God gives us the privilege of having daily. Moment by moment, actually, we'll see that later. But daily, this intimacy with him in reading, studying the word, in bringing your heart to God as an individual, interceding on behalf of somebody else, praying for somebody else. You see, the life in Christ, it's not about selfishness that brings fulfillment. It's about selflessness that brings fulfillment. That doesn't mean God's not interested in yourself. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And he wants you to love yourself as well. But the, the highlight there is of a selfless life that really brings fulfillment. Pastor Ryan was talking about the giving part. About the whole aspect of money. The whole aspect of these things. It's not just money. Any possessions, our positions, our fame. It's really about giving it. And you can never lose in that giving. There's always a gaining in that giving. You cannot outgive God, by the way. So it's in our giving, in the prayer, 
in, in, in reading of the scriptures that God has given. You know, the Bible is the inspired word of God. And there's more evidence than anything else to talk about that and why it's inspired. And over the decades, over the years and the hundreds of years and the thousands of years, the inspiration of the Bible remains. The divine inspiration. In spite of passages that seem so mysterious sometimes. But the inspiration, the breathing of God on human personalities as they wrote. And the Bible says when you read Joshua 1.8. Meditate on my word day and night. Think about it. Because my word as you do that, it'll, your path will have good success. Because the word brings light. It brings manner to our soul. And there are times when... I've been down the times when I've been out or felt emotionally weighed down or weighed down with situations and problems. But as I've taken the word and, and the Holy Spirit who's there with us, you know, Jesus after he died and rose again, he didn't leave us alone. He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who's going to lead you, guide you. You won't be able to see him, but you can know him. So God's the universal spirit. He's everywhere with us. And when we invite him, he comes and in, in, abides in our heart. And that's what 1 Peter 2, 5 says. You become living stones now in God. A part of this temple. So you are the temple. You are the church. The church is not a building. According to Jesus. And according to this new covenant, you can become that temple. A part of the temple and the temple where God himself takes hold of your life and abides with you. And that's where the blood of Jesus was so important because our sin was taken care of. And it's only in Christ can we be that temple. It's only in Christ because of the supreme sacrifice of God himself that now we become worthy. It's not my works, it's not your works that can make us worthy. No man will ever be able to boast, the Bible says. But he's made a way. And the glory then goes back to God. Comes from God and it goes back to God. So in this temple that you and I are a part of, we are also priests unto God. And that's the whole idea. So when we have our intimacy with God, God's not far off. He's here. As you whisper, he hears your whisper. He knows your heartbeat. And he draws you into that presence, into that oneness. If you are willing for him to draw you. We, 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 we see in John 5, 39, he says the scriptures, as you read it, it speaks about me. So it's daily, it's a discipline sometimes. It's not just something as que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. The future is not ours to see. The future is yours to see. It's yours to inherit. There is a lifestyle that can make a difference as you are one with God himself. So secondly, enjoying the moments during the day. Some might have this time of intimacy in the morning, afternoon or night. But even through the day, the Bible talks about Ephesians 6.18, praying without ceasing. 
We can involve God in everything we do, even in our workplace, as you're aware of his presence. That's true worship. Some people say work is worship. Depends how you take it. But your work can be a worship unto God as you do it unto God. And as you involve him in it. So rejoicing in 1 Thessalonians 5.1, it says rejoice in the Lord always. And we say, come on, that's not really practical. You know, I feel down and I get mad with some clients or with some people. That's true. But we come back, as we heard today, I think um, Marian was sharing about walking in, in the spirit or walking in the flesh. We come back to the spiritual life. If we stray away, we come back. But it's learning to rejoice, learning to thank God, even in the dark times or in the most challenging times. When we start doing that, we'll be aware of His presence and we'll receive direction. And I've seen that. And many of us have seen that. And you've seen that at times. So this whole aspect here of thanking, rejoicing and walking in the Spirit It's a day-to-day, it's a moment-by-moment walk that you and I can have and involving God in everything we do. Dreams and visions and pictures, the creative side that God can bring to our hearts. I remember my friend telling me about uh, a minister who talked so much about dreams, said how uh, this guy was studying or researching about cancer had six steps of a particular drug in a dream. There's lots that we can hear from that realm even as we sleep. So let's realize that, beloved, that God is not far off. He's here. Thirdly, Corporate meeting with others in prayer worship. That's what we're doing right now. We're meeting corporately. Sometimes on Fridays you'll have the worship times and the prayer times. And there's power in the gathering. In Acts chapter 4 and 24, it talks about as they were going through a tough time, the disciples or the apostles came back and reported and they prayed. They were threatened with their lives. Said, don't speak in that name. And he said, we can't help it, we are. But as they prayed together, it says the place was shaken. There is a shaking that can happen as we call on God. That can shake off fear. That can, as we sang about today, it can shake off uncertainty. It can shake off weakness and bring a new strength and a resolve from within. It can shake off doubt and bring faith. Hari was sharing with us that scripture from 2 Chronicles as he led us in prayer this morning. Of 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and heal the land. History shows us that as people prayed, and we're talking about praying for our country at this time. Some people are talking about this being one of the most 
vicious elections being fought. And prayer is needed, beloved. We don't want a divided nation. We want a nation of life. We want a nation of freedom. And whichever party comes to power, we need to be praying for that kind of government. And therefore, we've introduced this uh, prayer that's going on. And even today, I'd like to challenge, I've been talking to Pastor Ryan, about taking a slot of, of, of 124 hour slot as a church in the week. And we're talking about a, a, a Wednesday, 12 o'clock in the, in, in, at midnight to a Thursday, 12 o'clock at midnight. Now, what do I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying you're all are going to be here. But it's, it's, it's saying that I'm going to spend an hour in praying for our country. Now, we are going to give you points. We go, we've already got it ready. There, there are scriptures there. Some of the points... Uh, you know, as you pray, as you look at the scriptures, like uh, you need the creative aspect too. For example, if it says there, you know, God chose or Jesus chose the 12 and we are saying, Lord, you choose our government. Well, we're just taking that word choice and praying into that word. Amen. So as you start to step out into something, you're going to see what prayer can do in your life. Sometimes we say, I never prayed. I remember one guy used to come to me when I was pastoring in one of our churches. He used to say, oh, pastor, pray for me for this, pray for me for this. And every time, and we pray, no doubt. But when they asked him, do you pray? So he said, I can't just pray for more than three to five minutes. So I said, I remember those days we had a house of prayer that we would invite people in. So I said, why don't you come to the house of prayer? I'm going to pray for you. Because his, his problems was colossal. A lot of things were going on. So he came in there and we prayed for about five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. And the prayer went on. And, we, and he enjoyed it. And he said, can I come again? Can I bring my friends? And he became one of the prayer warriors that would spend about two to three hours with a group of people. Praying for different needs. That's how his life changed. You see, beloved, prayer is a conversation, yes, but prayer is a discipline. Prayer is something that you need to tell your body and your mind that I'm going to be intentional about it. While you can pray through the day, but when you're intentional about certain things and, and, and serious about it, I believe God takes note of it. Not only does prayer change others, prayer changes me. And that's, I think, the most important thing. Just the day before yesterday, I got up and facing some kind of challenges. I was very grieved in my heart in uh, the previous day. And uh, I slept through. Uh, I went to bed. I got up again. And normally I have great sleep. But uh, I just felt I needed to pray that night for a little while. Went back to bed. Got up early, earlier than usual. And started to pray. And, and within me, there was a pain because of uh, someone very close, you know, what they had done. There was a pain there. And so I took that pain to God. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, I think it's verse 24. It says, we do not know how we ought to pray. There are times you do not know what you ought to pray. But the Spirit himself prays with groans and moans that words cannot express. You see, we read of guys like E.M. Bounds and great prayer warriors. 
or or even Bak Singh and Sadhu Sundar Singh. And, and, and these were people who, who knew the Lord and who spent hours in prayer. But I want to say this as, and suggest this as you give yourself the groan, the moans from within your heart can come as a fragrance to God. And I tell you, after that time, I went and then I prayed for the nation for the one hour, which I'm asking you all to also do or to enroll in that. And even if you don't make it to one hour, don't worry. But choose that slot between that 24 hours, in that 24-hour time that we're talking about. Garima has the list. She's going to take the name. So think about it, okay? But as you move into that, you'll find your prayer life being expanded. And so what happened to me? There was a release. And I sensed a new freedom. And a new strength in that challenge and in that situation. So the priesthood that God calls us for, it's amazing as we stand on behalf of a nation, a city, a company, your job, your family, you'll be surprised what will begin to happen through your life in that circumstance and that, that situation. It says of Sadhu Sundar Singh, who was a, a Sikh who came to know Jesus, and he said, I mean, there were times when he'd take one passage of scripture and he would get caught up for hours in the heavenly realms, on the spiritual realms. Now, I believe we can begin to know that in different ways in our lives. So let's be open to that, that praying unceasingly, praying with specific points, praying inspirationally, praying with music. You know, I like this whole aspect of music is a language. And I want to just say something quickly about that. You see, there is something mysterious about music. How do you strike a wire in a guitar or a piano and deeply move the human art? The invisible part of the human personality moves with the Holy Spirit. That is so mysterious, it is the invention of music and the existence of it. In the being of God, there is a reason. And you see in the scriptures when King Saul was troubled with a spirit, an evil spirit, he called on David with his harp. David was a young boy who loved God before he became a warrior and a king. And he played the harp and Saul got released at that time. Elisha the prophet was going to prophesy or speak into the future or speak into uh, the life of a city or a king. And there was a time when he called on the musician. He said, do you have a minstrel? And as they played, he prophesied. So music is a language. And music in prayer and music in worship. It's not just some kind of a superficial entertainment. But it can be something very deep into our soul and our heart. And we're talking about a 24-7 worship and prayer movement. Where we'll have musicians praying and, and worshipping and, and intercessors in this city worshipping day and night. Is that possible? It is. I was just with our friend Mike Bickel and, uh, in Dallas and, and he was prophesying about that over us. But, but they started that 19 years ago and they never stopped for one minute. They have thousands of people praying and lifting up different situations, circumstances, and countries. 
and lives are being changed and impacted even through their prayer. So let's join that. Let's be that part. Let's be that part of people. Secondly, we see this aspect of blessing. You know, the Bible says, and I'm just going to, uh, in, in the book of Numbers, chapter 6 and verse 22 to 26, tells us the Lord spoke to Moses. Now this was the Old Testament priesthood. Saying, speak to Aaron and his son, saying, this is how you shall bless the people. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. It was common to bless in the authority that God gave them. Now, you know something? You have that authority to bless. You can speak a blessing over your situation. We see in the Bible, they not only bless people, they bless cities. In Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 11, it says, By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. I think we're cursing our city too much. Start to bless it. Start to bless the infrastructure, not just curse the government. Bless the government. No matter which government. Lord, we want to bless the city. Just yesterday I was in a church, I was talking about blessing. And this guy, I didn't know, but he's a, a businessman, a vegetable vendor who God touched and he's a wholesaler. And God's using him in the church today. And uh, he was saying that he was in the car with me and I, I didn't realize this, but he said, you know, I saw the power of, of, of blessing when I was with Shelton and uh, prayer. And we were over this bad road that we were going on. And, and I was saying, man, uh, something has to happen near this road. He's saying, oh, no, it's always like that. Nothing's going to change. I said, no, why not? Let's just pray. So we started to pray. We prayed for the municipality in that area. We started to bless the road. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for good roads, Lord. I forgot about it, but he didn't. And he said, I was thinking, and this just won't happen. And he says, lo and behold, the next month, I began to see this whole concrete stretch being unfolded. Amen. And that's not just about me. I'm sure some others, instead of curse, they must have blessed it. But what I'm, my point is, start to bless those. In fact, the Bible says here, Interestingly, in, 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 uh, in Romans 12, 14, it says, bless those who curse you. Man, that's tough. But it's not really tough. It's a weapon. We just heard in the worship time, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty. You see, beloved, there's mighty weapons that you have even in your heart, in your mouth, according to the Bible. We don't have to take curse with curse. We can take the curse on with a blessing. Have I seen that? I've seen that several times. I've seen people who've cursed us. And as we bless them. I remember going through an area one day. This is many years ago. And this guy was uh, a tailor. It was, you know, the Bandra East area. It was a chawl area. And his auntie was walking with me. And she was miraculously touched by God and healed. And she was saying, you know, that guy's my nephew, but he is mad at you. I didn't even know him because I'm following Jesus. 
and he he's you know saying he's going to beat you up or something so as i was passing i saw this guy in white so i went straight up to him and i said hi my name's shelton and he looked at me and just disarmed him actually but i kept blessing him guess what happened he not only got saved today he's one of our senior pastors in the movement he used to be a goon besides a tailor i say this power in prayer there's power in blessing don't give up the bible says persistence pray romans 12 12 persistence some things i've not yet seen some things i've seen immediately some things i've seen after 10 years some things i'm just beginning to see that we were promised when we were 23 years old don't worry you don't have to wait so long but i'm just saying there are some things that are going to unfold some things my generations are going to see my grandchildren are going to see Let's just take hold of it. Blessing. You know when you look at the Bible, you see in Genesis 27, Jacob blessed in India, in our eastern culture, we we believe in blessing, right? It was a Jewish culture as well. The blessing of the older people to us. And we covet the blessing. And there's power in that blessing. and when you're in the presence of god and when you take the name of jesus and you can say in the name of jesus i bless hari i bless vandana i bless their family that they would know your peace in a new way lord god i mean whatever comes to your mind at that moment or as you pray god is able to use you and i'm going to ask you to bless somebody today after the service just speak a blessing You don't have to get all spiritual about it. Just, just something that you feel in your heart that you want to see. I mean, we are spiritual all the time, by the way. I'm, don't be religious. But just speak that blessing to somebody. Can we do that? Amen. So the two things I've said so far. One is the blessing and one is the 24-7. That's the harder one. There's a cost there. It may cost you one hour of sleep at 12 in the night or 2 in the night. But try it out. Without a cost... I tell you you don't find purpose. Now Jesus paid the price. But there's a psychiatrist called Jordan Peterson. I don't know if some of you have been hearing him, but I've been hearing him. And he's been talking about the power of sacrifice. Jesus paid the sacrifice for you. It's not your sacrifice that's going to earn it. But there's purpose as you begin to do something beyond your comfort zone. It's not case sera sera whatever will be will be. The future is yours to see as you step out and say I want to be someone who will change the world. Thirdly, we're called to serve. There's a lot I could say about the blessing and and how they blessed Jerusalem and they blessed cities. And we can bless Mumbai. That Mumbai is a gateway city. There's an inheritance in the city by the way. you ever thought about it what did the portuguese governor when they captured mumbai if you see in history he said this when he was asked by his emperor to hand mumbai over to england because he was marrying uh, 
the emperor's daughter, I think her name was Catherine. And uh, the Portuguese governor told his emperor, don't give Mumbai. It was Bombay. And he said, why? He said, because he who rules Mumbai will rule India. Now that was seven islands, fishing villages. What did they see besides the port? Yes, there was something there. And let me tell you, the Portuguese had some kind of insight into these things if you look at history. They were oppressors, but there was something there. And I believe that God is calling us, beloved, to bless this city. The gateway of India is not just by accident here. It's a gateway. But thirdly, let us serve in his name. It says in Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Whatever you do, do it unto God. Wow. That's worship. Whatever you do indeed, it's a serving. Even at your workplace. Don't get bored or don't get mad. Just, I know we do. I remember I had a boss who would just fire the life out of everybody. I won't tell you his name. You may know him. But this guy, and we were in engineering training, and everyone would get scared about this guy. Oh, he's called us, he's called us. I started praying, God, just give me the, the favor with this man. And when I went in, he would not fire me. And I would just bless him. And then there was his boss who was, who everyone was, who would shake. And I said, God, that guy, I, I was junior, so I never had access to him. I want to have a, have a time where I could share Jesus' love with him one day. And I had that opportunity, by the way. And he received what I was saying very gracefully. But serving whatever we do. And Galatians 6, 8, 10. Look at this verse. It says, for the one who sows in his flesh will, will from the flesh reap corruption. If you do things carnally, selfishly, self, uh, you know, evilly motivated, it's going to not result in good things, beloved. What you sow, you reap. Now God can forgive, yes. He can uproot those things, yes. But don't test him if you are aware of it. But it says one who sows to the spirit will reap from the spirit eternal life. And see what it says. Don't grow weary in doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Don't give up too easily. Don't give up at all. Give up to God. Yes, there were times God may answer prayer, not necessarily in the way you've asked. He's God, not you, by the way. Even though you sense that strength and that authority in God, and sometimes God will say, speak that over that situation. But He's still God. You can appeal to Him, and He can do it, or He can restrain. Sometimes He restrained from bringing judgment on a whole nation, like Nineveh was there was, uh, because people fasted. By the way, fast. Try fasting. Try tears. If tears come forth in prayer, bring it forth. 
I'm not saying put some teardrops or something like that. That make you cry. But, but if it comes forth, it's okay to weep before God. It's okay to laugh before God. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer, the psalmist says. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, Psalm 61. There is a cry that can be heard of the widow. There's a cry of the, of, of, of the poor. And we need to be hearing that cry as well and joining that cry and bringing it to God for the poor in our country, for the deprived in our country, for the weak in our country. Bless the rich, but bless the poor. Serve in his name. Give. And so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are the household of faith. Do good to everyone that God gives you this chance. You may not be able to... You don't touch everybody, but you can touch one person, right? One person at a time. I remember when Rachel came to me years ago and Alok is sitting here. But, you know, and she told me about Alok and she just met Alok just like that in the train. And Alok has a great testimony how God touched his life and he's sitting here today. You can do it to one. There's a Shelton, there's an Alok, there are thousands of people at different, different needs and different, different situations that God gives you opportunity to touch. Someone came to me and my last point, sharing what God has done in our life, inviting people into this relationship with the Father. I stand here today because somebody invited me into this relationship and I thank God they didn't keep it to themselves. Though at that time I thought they were a little weird. I was on a different trip. And these two guys come along saying, you know, we met Jesus, we are born again. And oh, you're some kind of priest or something? I started making fun there because they were my colleagues. One guy was a, I, I, I said he was a real pervert in school, but he was changed. <laughs> and I was the goody-goody type, I mean, just from the outside. <laughs> Melissa knew me well. But, the schoolmates, by the way. Okay, we, I, I said that we were eight years old, we sat in class together. It didn't start then, okay? <laughs> Praise God. Started a little later, 13 years old. Anyway, we're still there because of His grace. Amen. So, sharing. So these guys come to me and say, and I've said this probably to some of our friends, and say, hey, you know, you need to know God. You need to know Jesus. And I was on a trip where I was uh, done with Christianity and little that I saw about it. And I said, no, 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 this is not the answer. We have great, rich philosophies here in the East. And I was thinking about different things and stepping into the unknown and trying to contact the Supreme Spirit and all that kind of stuff. Never getting anywhere, but appearing to have a philosophy of my own. Started to encourage this guy and then started to... I got a little fed up after the second, third visit and I said, listen, I'm going to blow his mind. 
And I asked him questions that he had no answers. And they said, but one thing, let me tell you, I don't have the answer, but my life has been changed. That's what he told us. And we were in a girls' hostel. I mean, I was just visiting that time. And, 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 and these guys, I still remember, and they said, can we pray? And I was going to say, pray, are you, I mean, all these girls will be looking here. And I was quite embarrassed, actually. And, and, and Mel said, you want to pray? Go ahead and pray. Pray. So he prayed, and they both prayed, and they said, God, open Shelton and Melissa's eyes. And he said, Amen. And I said, Amen. Think Amen means full stop. I didn't realize Amen means so be it. I said, Thank God, Amen. Amen. Dot. Dot. One year later, I found myself walking up in a meeting. I'd come to a desperate place. Not because I had a financial thing, not because my family was not good. I had everything. I mean, I had good stuff. Uh, we had our ups and downs. But because I said I need to know this purpose in my life, otherwise I'm going to die almost. I was willing to go to the Himalayas and become a sadhu. Those kind of things. In fact, I wrote an article about that in those days. Not such a good writer, but anyway. So here it says, Jesus gives the word to the disciples. As he rose from the dead, he said, go about, you know, telling people this good news. There is good news. There is hope. The world is waiting, beloved, for people of hope to become hope to them. And the hope that you and I have beyond this grave, we need to be able to share it with others and share life. Sharing values of forgiveness, values of family in our trade, in our work. We need to be God's people in business, education, law, governance. This country and the, and the nations of the earth need people to rise up selflessly. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.